This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. Please visit harrys.com and use the promo code BCPOD to save $5 off your first purchase. And today's show is also brought to you by Credit Karma. You can see your credit score right now absolutely free. I promise. No bait and switch. There is no credit card needed. Start taking your credit score seriously and text Bad Christian to 89800 and download the free Credit Karma app today. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Happy New Year, butt cracks. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Matt, and it's something that hadn't occurred to me in a while is to welcome you if you are new. So welcome. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast. Welcome to the future, a place where Christians and people can actually be real, talk like they really talk, not worry about cleaning themselves up first, and uh, not sweat it. And so, yes, I understand we may be a little bit obnoxious, but that's the way we really are. And the point of that is to clear out some space, some elbow room, some room for other people to work without the moral police being all up their butt, whether that be real or even imaginary. We have stuff to say. You have stuff to say. There's things to be created by people that don't need to be worried or obsessed with how they come across, but actually what they have to say and creating new stuff. So thank you for all the support. You can support us by shopping at Amazon if you click through the link on our website or in the episode description or by our sponsors. You can join the BC Club. And obviously you can support the stuff that we do. Toby and I play in Emory. That's a big deal too. It still makes up a good part of what we do for a living. So Toby and I and Devin are doing some shows in January in Dallas, San Antonio, or Austin, and in uh, Houston. And those are almost sold out. Uh, Here's the trouble. We don't have actual rooms or venues or places yet. I didn't tell anybody that, but we wanted to get it solid first and then figure out what would be the right places. So if you want to host, if you have access, what we're looking for is a space, something like a... uh an art gallery or a work loft, hopefully something urban. It could even be in a home if it's nice, it's big, and could hold 50 or more, maybe 80 people. We're thinking about opening up a few more tickets because it's all going to sell out. So if you have access or know a place like that in one of those cities, email podcast at badchristian.com and tell us about it. And I probably can hook you up with a ticket or two if you find us a space. So anyway, good episode today. We have Joey's brother Jared joining us, and we talked to our friend Daniel Dopp, who helped, who's a podcast producer for ESPN, and he helped us start this podcast, and he also is the vinyl guy for BC Music. He's in charge of that stuff. Anyway, great show today, and we are glad to be here in the new year. Big things in store this year. I feel it. I know it. I'm always filled with hope at this time of year for at least three or four days. Then it usually turns to shit. Three, two, one. You need to- I want a different Svenson intro. We had the man Whoa, himself, the what? legend, what? Jared Svenson's with us. I want a real Svenson intro. Jared, can you bring it? I could bring beatboxing. All right. You ready? I'm going to give you the three, two, one, and then you roll. All right. It's got to be a better three, two, one than you gave me. No, I, all my three, two, ones are perfect. You're just terrible at what you do, but your brother is amazing and wonderful. <laughs> Let's do it. Three, two, one. Hit it. Even while I'm pleasing like someone breezing, flowing through your mind with some rhymes like these. Peaking the tempo simple so you can lend to the flex the complex. Yes, I'm fit to rock this venue like I never did before. Continue the word. Wow. 
It, I mean, that definitely sounded white, but I was really <laughs> was impressed by what y'all did. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> Real good. Yeah. Well, if you get Spensons together, we flourish. Yeah. When you're apart, though, things fall apart. <laughs> Every, yeah. When you guys aren't together, like right now, I bet your bodies are healthy. Everything's strong. But as soon as right. Jared goes back home, kidney yep. stones, yeah, totally. everything falls apart. Yeah. Jared is texting back and forth with his wife, like love messages and stuff. When he gets wow. in the car and drives away, they're on the brink of a divorce. Yeah. I mean, it's same just as you. Like, just like that. Yeah. I All thought right. you and Priscilla did get divorced. Uh, Yeah. But we're back on. It track. didn't take. Oh, it, did. it just didn't stick. Didn't yeah. stick. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> See, this is where we get into trouble. And I want to I want to talk about this. Joey says, oh, we got plenty to talk about. Yeah, Just roll. Right, exactly. And then, Toby and says, then, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Then you go. And then I say, what are you going to talk about? Oh, just, Joey says, yeah, it'll be fine. All right. Well, I do. We got I do, I do have something I want to say. Oh, you do? Okay. In the last in the last week and a half or so. No, no, no. No, Matt. Well, gone. why don't you tell him why Jared's here? Well, Jared's here because he's my little bitch and he, he does what I ask him whoa, to do. Whoa, whoa, little bitch. You're my bitch, yo. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jared, Jared's in town, you know, the holiday season. Do, do, and Santa yep. Claus. Everybody that l- so, is listening has already had Christmas, so we should fake it. Well so after how, Christmas. It's still the holiday season, how was according Christmas? to you. How was y'all's still Christmas? still the holiday season, according to how you. How was your Christmas? Oh, my Christmas was just so good, man. Oh, it was What'd great. you get? Oh, man, I got a Clemson sweatshirt. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Matt, what'd you get for Christmas? Uh, I got oh, a, out. A, I Yeti, a Yeti coffee cup. Was what I oh, got. wow. That's awesome. I didn't get anything. Nothing? <laughs> no. Nothing. That is pretty much true because you and your wife, y'all don't exchange, do you? We don't do gifts at all, hardly. I mean, I, I, I went and actually bought her something a week ago, but that's what I like better when you just buy stuff because you see it and you go, oh, yeah, this could be cool. Like the idea of just getting somebody something, first of all, it causes this pressure in my brain to remember it, which I'm terrible at. And then two, I don't know what to get because it's not real. It's not something that I really want to get her. I just have to get her something. Well, see, Sarah and I figured this out. She basically buys her gifts from me and I buy my gifts from her. That's how we do it. You just buy so she goes stuff. out and gets she, herself Exactly, stuff. from me and vice versa. Right. So we always love what we get. Right, because you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it, it really is what she wants and what Absolutely. you want. See, yeah. Priscilla is yeah. way too much of a romantic okay. to do that. In fact, I even, I even told her this this year and she got a little perturbed with me because uh she she had a little turd yeah what happened what to the say? turd yeah she got what a little was she tell got, us more about the turd she yeah. got a little turd on me you said she had a pee turd yeah priscilla on, turd on me so basically i wow. said something and then she put a little turd on me oh my lord no it wasn't her turd oh uh, yeah oh it was Wayland's. oh turd. okay yeah that yeah. makes sense she just reached on up in his butt Grabbed a little piece of turd. You've taken it way too far. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a, that could be considered child abuse if that was a real story. I would stay away from that. Reaching into your child's butt, unless it's an emergency, I would stay away from that. When would that be an emergency, though? Like, give me an example. If your kid stuck a bowling pin up their butt. A bowling pin? You get it out. You pull that yeah. sucker out. <laughs> now, also, uh, sometimes some of our kids are really constipated. And if they were so constipated, I have, we have done the squeezing of a turtle head. Like you, you squeeze the anus on that side and it, it pushes, the, it, yeah, it pushes the turtle head out okay. into the whole turd. Yeah. Y'all we, haven't done that before? Spencer boys, we call them peekers. We don't peakers, call them turtle yeah. heads. Oh, okay. Yeah. We, I call them turtle heads. It's a little actually, tiny turtle head that sticks out of the butthole. And sometimes it won't go any farther. So with your kids screaming and crying, you push on each side of the anus. Yeah. And then the turd shoots out. Cool. Have you done that before? It's relief. Kids? No, no. Mm-hmm. I haven't either. No, so Matt, I, you haven't had to do that? My kids have great sphincters no, and fine. anuses. Yeah, my kids get constipated. 
I don't know. Which is weird because their father has, I don't think, is capable of being constipated. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want, so uh, Matt, you said What something. were you saying though about Priscilla's turd? She got turded at you. Oh no, she got perturbed. Yeah. Oh, perturbed. Not, yeah, we we totally. Is it preturbed or perturbed, Jared? Uh, Post-trib. Per, perturbed. Perturbed, not preturbed. <laughs> that would be, po- yeah, there's post-turbed, A-turbed. perturbed, and preturbed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a millennial turd. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh jared i can i can tell just with casual conversations jared uh does he's he's a busy guy he doesn't have time to listen to two daggone right. things of these bc podcasts okay. but he'll go on trips and he said that he recently listened to dave bazan part two yep um the uh what, what aaron weiss yep aaron weiss so i don't think he's heard matt's comment that uh matt said recently but i won't so i want to share that one but before i do that jared just said two days ago no, it may have been last night. We were walking in the parking lot. Jared was saying something that was uh, pretty interesting. And I knew, I knew knowing Matt, how Matt would react to us. I said, hey, you got to mention that on the podcast. And Jared, as sincere as he could be, he looked at me and he was just like, why? So Matt can interrupt me and filibuster? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? He's just like, well, I mean, that's what Matt will do. He'll interrupt and then he'll just take it and I won't be able to say anything. And it's why a great tactic too because he completely wears you down. Like by the time he's finished, I'm done with the topic. Let's move on. So, right. It's an awesome strategy. That's Matt's number that's one all. gift in uh-huh. arguing is that he is relentless and yeah. won't, won't stop. So you never cared that much about the topic, but right. he cares enough, just enough to outlast you. Absolutely. And so right. then he kind of wins so it it seems like you may be more like toby in that you eventually just stop caring me and matt will drive toby bananas in the car because i will not stop and matt will not stop and we're not even mad at each other i'm just like i cannot and matt has seriously been like i don't joey joey no you can't think like he's like he's like you that's not and i was like matt i'm just saying how i'm thinking right now but it's like matt really wants me to come to his side because he really believes he's right. Maybe he is. I mean, I guess an argument style is endurance is what you have. Well, Matt. I mean, most people admire the quality of determination and, you know, tenacity and endurance. <laughs> Those are the good things. I mean, it helps. It's a, it's a really good quality. But in, in Matt's defense. And, oh yeah. He, and passion, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Oh, the passion. <laughs> so, I mean, come on. <laughs> so would you, are you saying that Matt doesn't hear other people out? He doesn't give the other person a chance to speak to where he can even hear them out. Uh, at least at least in my experience when we had uh, Pete Dimmick on our podcast mm-hmm. we were talking about politics mm. it seemed like I couldn't get an ed- a word in edgewise in oh yeah. gotcha how did wow. I get my words in then what's that well, I mean isn't that maybe just like your lack of being able to get the words in then so I guess, Matt's better getting the words in oh absolutely he's a professional here I'm like a semi-pro he's a pro <laughs> and so he, I don't really know when it's appropriate to jump in I don't want to cut people off, so I, I guess it's my fault. Ah, my lack of experience. The, the, the Svensson niceness strikes again. I think, yeah, I think so. I think so. That yeah. is true. Yeah. Like, you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. You have a point. Not, not hurt feelings, but just I don't, I don't want to interrupt. I feel like I should listen to the person all the way through. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to interrupt. Well, the way I think about it is that at a certain point, the person is trying to finish. So right. that, that, that bit of dialogue that they have is meaningless. Mm-hmm. Like, the last... 10 seconds of what people say is them trying to trying figure to a way to up. wrap yep, it up. Right. So at that point you can interrupt and you actually save them. You actually get them out of what they're trying to do. Cause they'll go, cause I do it. Matt and Joey get me out of stuff all the time. Cause I'm just out here going. Yeah. Yeah. And see, and I just want you guys to know once again, that if I, and then when somebody saves yes, you, like, oh, okay, right. sure. I'm out. Yeah, of But it. I have to admit, there's been times where I've looked at Toby and I've seen his posture and his body language. And I know he's wanting to say something. And I'm thinking, 
I'm going to jump in first because I want to say what I want to yeah. say more. Now, I've done that before, sure. but I've also taken the more humble approach and been like, okay, I really want to say this, but I see that Toby, it just kind of depends. Well, yeah, I, mean, I mean, there's a big difference here in, in what we're discussing as far as it pertains to professionalism or uh, broadcast and those kinds of things versus in personal interactions. To tell you the truth, I was home with my parents and stuff for the holidays and my dad pulled me aside the day I was leaving and said, son, I want to talk to you. He says, I'm going to give you a life lesson right now. I said, okay, what? <laughs> he said, come closer. He made me come all the way, stand straight in front of him, make eye contact. Oh, with me. He, said, he said, son, you're real smart. You can talk a lot. You know stuff, but you need to this next year work on listening to other people and not <laughs> wow. making them feel disrespected just because you know more than that or I think you know more than that, something like that but it was constructive criticism I, sure. of course I know he's right about that as you guys are the only way I can explain it is that to me I don't think people have to agree with me you just definitely do not but I am un I can't be more frustrated than thinking I'm not being understood or the or that I'm not communicating it and I want to try again so okay you didn't get it. it's fine if you disagree but if you if you're not getting it let me try again let me phrase it this way <laughs> let me try it again let me try it this way because i'm obsessed with me being able to communicate better because if you understood what i'm saying then i think you might might would believe my way i don't ha mind if people have a philosophical difference and, and, and i don't really care about the point of usually what i'm arguing typically you might notice too that's one of my traits i don't know but i think care you are about what i'm arguing about i just want to be able to communicate it well that, that barrier is what's frustrating to me and makes me continue but it comes across disrespectful sometimes. <laughs> I think sometimes your assumption is if somebody is not agreeing, then they obviously can't understand what you're saying. Exactly. Right, because you think <laughs> you're right. right. Yeah, well, I mean. So that is disrespectful. No, no, no. Everybody thinks they're right. No, that's not true. <laughs> well, at least in my question. has Everybody in the argument has their point that they think is right. Oh, yeah, but everybody's open. I would say not everybody, but a decent amount of people are open to, wait a minute, that was a good point. Maybe I am wrong. Even if that's a little bit later, but I don't think sure. you, a little bit later, you go there. And that's my question, too. So in, in your 15 plus years arguing with Joey, has Joey ever convinced you to change your mind? I mean, that, I don't think it works that way typically in arguments. I mean, I don't think I mean, you can say that about anybody. I don't know any I, I don't have it's not like I talk to people in the midstream. They go, oh, you're right. I don't have any experience with Joey doing that either. That's not really how it works. I don't think. But people get persuaded one way or the other. Yeah, but that nobody usually changes their point of view mid-argument, typically. And it's not supposed to be argue. I'm not, you know, I don't know. I don't know the answer to any of that shit. I, I think what Matt does is, if you make some good points, he's not, he's thinking in the argument, this is what I'm trying to say. I want them to hear it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then after the argument, something will stick up in his memory and he'll go, oh, maybe that. So here's what's happened with Matt and I. And Joel, you might have experienced the same thing. I have made killer points. There's been several times where I defeated Matt. I'm probably the number one person in the world that can argue Matt and have defeated him. And Wait, what, what does he slinks off? Like? What does defeat look like? It, it, he slinks off and just go. He still won't agree, right? But he doesn't have any more points. I have. I have stayed. If I if I really care about it, I have made some really great points, and then he just goes, "No, uh, you didn't win." I'm just. Uh, 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 but it kind of just fizzles because <laughs> right. I don't think of it as wins. It's like you know, you ever see people fist fight and. They're not, they're not knocked out, but the fight's over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in street fights or whatever, uh, in high school or whatever. So that's kind of, I've done that to Matt a few times. Now, Matt's done that to me a billion times. He's mm -hmm. the master arguer. And he's going to win for the most part, majority. But I've definitely hung in there and won many times. But the, the, what I do notice too is even if you would say like Matt won a debate or, or an argument or whatever, later, it might sometimes it's a day or two later, he'll go, 
Now, this thing that you were talking about, actually, this, uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and he will say it in his words to make it seem as if it's his idea now. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, for, for the record, I don't think of it as competitive anyway. I'm not trying to it, win. It'll be, he'll be, yeah, but you'll be like encouraging. Yeah, you know, this thing, but here's what you're not thinking about with that point. And then, it, it, and so he'll expand on the point, even though it was your idea, so that he can say he almost, I think in his brain, he thinks, I argued that side with you there or something like that. So later he'll come back and do that. Well, the thing about that that's troubling to me is I don't feel that any of this is competitive, and I understand that other people oh, I agree. think it's, I agree. it's a I win and loss. I don't think win and loss. I like changing no, I my agree. point of view. I like new information. I'm persuaded constantly and all the time, but not 180 mid-argument. Yeah. And neither are you. But points I make will affect you in the long term. And it's, and it's not points I make to win an argument. That's not the point. The point is the discussion, the dialogue. I don't like it when it gets escalated. I'm not comfortable right. with that. And with some people, it, it happens. I don't, I don't like it when things become arguments and sides. I'm interested in exploring stuff kind of thing. And I'd like to help people. If, if I, somebody says something I think doesn't make sense, I, I don't know how to let it go. I understood, understood that. But it's not competitive to me. I'm not trying to hurt people or win. I don't think. I totally agree with you. It's never competitive with Matt. And what he loves is, like, he would love just sit in a room and talk back and forth with Jared. Like, that's the thing. Like, Jared, you might feel like you can't get in. That's what Matt probably doesn't want either. He does, The worst thing he thinks is if he wore you out and you don't want to argue anymore. Yeah, that's losing, not winning. Well, it's tough, too, because when you're doing a podcast and Matt's not in the room, you miss the body oh, language. Totally. So I think w- when we're in the same room, I can see the body language and know when I can't interject right. and stuff like that. So that's, yeah, it's a good point. I totally agree with that. That's one of the hardest. That's why we're starting to do video and stuff. because It makes it so much better because bi- I've never in my life realized how much body language is important since texting and uh, or intent, you know, with, with diet words and, and dialogue with other people as with texting and then podcasting. It's like the, somebody can say something over text and it you would think they're the maddest and they've ever been. Yeah. And then especially with Joey, the worst typer in the whole world that thinks he wants to emphasize stuff with all caps and everybody knows that that's yelling. When you do something in all caps, that oh, means yeah. you're yelling it's and universal. angry. Joey does not get that no matter how many times we've told him. And he sent tons of checks <laughs> to people from our church, to all kinds of stuff, just thinking he's highlighting stuff. And instead they think, well, our pastor's mad as hell. Yeah, you, yeah, Joey, I agree. So you, you <laughs> I think, think oh, I, Joey's mad as shit. You think wow. I'm yelling one word out of two sentences? It, yes. That is what it means. When you put something in all caps. That's what it that's how it comes across. Yeah. That's what you do. Joey, a good I, tip on that is every time you want to use caps lock, first of all, don't. And then if right. you want to emphasize something, use use bold. Cool. So to use I'll, bold, I'll all you do that. is select it or double click the word and hit I know com- how to. Command B as a shortcut. It's like easier than it's it's just as fast as a keystroke as going to caps lock is. We were dying laughing with Josh and Jenny Mitchum when they came to the Columbia show because they were like we were t- somehow we got about Joey and his emails and texts, and they were like, yeah, the all caps and all this is insane. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you, morale's you, you real know. low. <laughs> and, and, they, and here's the thing. Everybody that knows you goes, oh, yeah, I guess this is just Joey. But, I mean, like, that is literally, like, universally, you are yelling through text. <laughs> let me ask you, uh, or let me say this, what I was, uh, lost my train of thought. Okay, so, yeah. So, Matt, basically. Wait, hold I, on. On that are, do you think that you're losing your mind? I've heard you say that recently. Like you actually are saying every once in a while you're talking about your memory mm-hmm. and you've been saying lately that you're losing your mind. And then you then you stare off a little bit. Like do you think that? No, I definitely think that I am uh becoming and it's out of my control more forgetful and I don't think it has anything to do with a busier lifestyle. I don't think it has anything to do with more on my plate. I think that's the my, cellulite. I think my <laughs> 
I think my mind is is losing the capacity to do as much at one time, and it is frustrating. Like, there, yeah. there's things that I'm thoughts. forgetting that it's like I never would have forgotten that prior, and I hate it. And and sometimes I do think I was just like, what if this starts to really speed up? Oh, I'm it's going to. to I mean, it is I, going I, to. I'm it's almost scary. under the assumption that you know how everybody's talking about uh, was it with concussions? Is it CTE? Yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember that. Um, I really believe that that's not uh, uh, concussions cause brain damage for sure. I mean, all, all that stuff. I believe it that that causes and adds to it. But I think even normal people. I talk to so many people that yeah, I just can't remember stuff. So whatever. I think. I mean, literally, it might be like we all are gone at fifty now, and, and we just don't realize it yet. Like I, there could be something in our environment that is caught that is done, and and because I mean, I I thoroughly think the same thing. Like the other night. I was just really tired and I hurt my neck a little bit and I was just kind of out of it. But I just, I wasn't really focusing on anything. And I was trying to say that I wanted to dip my chips in the, something and I could not remember what it was called. And I saw the picture of it in my brain and everything. And I could not remember pimento cheese. <laughs> well, and I went, and, and you know what? I just gave up. I was like, I'm just not going to eat it. I went to bed. I just, I was like, I just forget it. I'm just not going to even do this. And, and I was just like, what in the world? I think as you get older, obviously things and are as you get older, your everything gets worse. Your whole body's getting worse. So your memory is going to be worse. And you have a memory from all, all this stuff, you know, from 20 years ago that just is locked in there tight. Joey wasted a lot of brain power on memory. So that's what's that's his main issue now. You used it all up. So you can remember uh, the smallest thing, me and you sitting on our couch 15 years ago talking about some conversation. Yeah, you wasted it. You're at a hard job space, my friend. Anything new, it, you can't. Yeah, no. <laughs> you have mismanaged you all your, space. your files I'm going to be the up best there. storyteller of things oh. 50 years ago in the nursing well, home. Well, no, I mean, no seriously, like gonna, you're kind of set. What I was thinking is, is because uh, I was thinking about this, you're kind of set if you get dementia and Alzheimer's because you'll your memories from 20, 30 years ago are locked in. So you're just going to be, yeah. whatever, 70 years old, and you'll think you're 21-year-old Joey just living it up. <laughs> it's a blessing. Yeah, perhaps that's perhaps that's a compensating mechanism. The dementia may be a thing because, I mean, what think about it. My grandparents are still, my grandmothers are in the nursing home now. One of them right. can't know anything or where she's at. Right. If she could... It would be really bad because their situation is awful right now. Yeah. When I go to the nursing home, it's not fun. I mean, it's sit in a chair with your neck drooping and drool or be 20 years old in Chicago just after you got married, totally. which is where she's at. Good for her. I know. That's amazing. Yeah, it's totally amazing. I remember one of the ladies, Grace, she passed away. Man, it's been over a year now. I think. Gosh, that's crazy. Um, I went and visited her forever and she was her in her right mind. But I was thinking, it's crazy. Like, it's not that fun to live in a nursing home at no, all. Like, I mean, it's just not that great. And you don't have really, you're not thinking about a future anymore or working hard or achieving any, all that stuff's gone. Yeah. You're just alive to die. Think about what a dick move that is to say, Hey, Oh yeah. Ethel, you're here. You're 96. Right. You're in a nursing home. You're right. in the worst shape of your life. Wake up. Look. Focus. I'm your yeah, daughter. No. I'm grown up. We don't have a great relationship. This isn't yeah, great. No. Your situation sucks. <laughs> You're, You're going right. to die soon. Get with it. Make eye contact. You're here, Ethel. 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 I know. Get with it. That's that's kind so, of a dick move. I agree. It's selfish for your kids and stuff to not want you to have it. I mean, like, if you can just not know anything, you think you're 20 years old instead of 80, <laughs> praise the Lord. That's the greatest thing in the whole world. You live your last few years just chilling. Yeah. The lady I was telling you about, Grace, she was back when she had first gotten married, and she was a swim coach. And they lived on like near equestrian people, and they rode horses. Also, I was like, part of me was like, that's kind of cool. Like, mm -hmm. I know it, she she can't be as happy. She's way happier there than 
sitting in Charleston waiting for lunch and probably going to go take a nap and yeah, nothingness. <laughs> Toby right. actually thinks that he can convince me that I'm in a different reality. Now, this is an extreme example, but he's talked to me before. Like I'm Mama Jean. He'll say, Mama Jean, you're, you're saying you're Joey again. You're not Joey. You're Mama Jean. But that's, that's an extreme example, but he thinks that he thinks he could convince me that I'm you or him or something like that. I think anybody could, could be convinced if you paid enough people, like just as as a gag Mm -hmm. to convince somebody, Hey, no, listen, you, you aren't Jared, you're Sarah Svensson. (laughs) I don't like, you've done this before. It's okay. (laughs) Calm down. We're going to walk you back. But if seriously, if all three of us, and then Sarah even said, she's Jared and your kids, like if everybody could pull it off, you would believe it. So what would you do when I said, I actually have a penis? You, I would say, no, you don't. No, you don't. You have body, you know, body dysmorphia. I mean, you're just seeing it wrong. That's a mental, that's a mental disorder, Jared. Yeah. You see that you see chest hair and muscles and masculine stuff, but that's just, I can grab that penis too. Like that's in in your mind. You can, but 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 you are Sarah. He could masturbate. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what the, the, the loony bin's full of people like that, Jared. I mean, a lot of people have the dysmorphic, you know, thoughts. Oh, See, this this is totally. This is I mean, it would convince alike, you. And these yeah, guys are just I'm like, sorry. Oh. Yeah, it would totally convince you. All right, so this this brings us to Matt's statement that was just priceless. Joey thinks he's thin, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't. I don't Jared. think. You can you can help your brother right now. <laughs> not Joey Spencer is not the definition of thin person. Healthy does not work. <laughs> so I don't think Jared has heard this statement uh, from Matt, but Matt actually oh said, "I wish I could. I wish I could play it." But Matt said, "I cannot believe how there can be someone like Jared who I really <laughs> respect and consider smarter than me." Something along those lines, like Matt was acknowledging. I think Jared's smarter than me. Much. But believe. By a long shot. But believe the stuff that he believes. Obviously, Matt's putting you and I in the same category sure. of people that just readily believe in ghosts or at least something's going on where right. these guys would be like, oh, it's all bullshit. Like every right. single bit of it. If there's ghosts, then show me the YouTube videos. I'll pull up YouTube videos. They're like, yeah. no, it's all bullshit. I'm like, well, right. you just told me to show you right. YouTube right. videos. So I just thought it would be interesting to... Uh, like for example, uh, Jared, we were talking about all sorts of stuff a couple days ago and Jared said, yeah, when, when people have a problem with the old Testament slaughters of, Hey, you got to kill all the women, all the children, all that stuff. He was just like, I have no problem accepting that there's Nephilim back in the day. You know what I'm saying? You guys would be like, like, why would anybody think that? Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't either. All right. So Genesis six, it says that, you know, the sons of man and the, or some, the sons of God had sex with the daughters of man. Right. And it gave rise to the Nephilim, yeah. which were giants. They were giants in the That's land. That's where they think okay, the, right. so, Goliath came from, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. So I've read a lot of scholars, Bible scholars, who said that the promised land was infested with the Nephilim. And so God instructed his people to completely obliterate those races. And so that means destroy all the men, all the women, all the children, because they weren't really you know, full-blooded people. They were right. hybrid, a hybrid race. And that's why I have an easier time accepting those really mm-hmm. harsh commands by God because they weren't fully human. Yeah. And you so, and I would you and I would lean a little more towards also Nephilim being connected to extraterrestrial course, sorts yeah. of activity. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> See, okay, so it's, right. it's, it's it's all about worldview, right, Matt? I mean, because you are you're a very rational thinker. Uh-huh. You're very empirical minded. And so I believe your your worldview <laughs> precludes any kind of um, supernatural for the most part, right? 
Except for Jesus. Except for Jesus. Right. Okay. And see, our worldview is, at least mine, I'm not going to speak for Joey, is very supernatural. I don't think Satan's out there and his big game is to mess with Joey or mess with me or mess with Toby. He has a grand master. He's, he's masterminding mm-hmm. this grand scheme, I think, to try to thwart God's plans through government, through conspiracy, through uh, Nephilim and all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. That's the worldview that I adhere to. So I think, I think you and I are basically clashing from a worldview standpoint. Sure. Our presuppositions. Right. I just simply disrespect your worldview, Jared. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> so, what do you, so what do you do I'm with... I'm just teasing about that. But for what it's worth, <laughs> the general arc of, of these things is, uh, is that you, the category that you and Joey are in even though I do find you to be a rational and intelligent person, it's not really that. It's the the thing that uh, seems to mark you guys specifically that you have in common uh, nature and nurture, I suppose, is uh, a strong desire for something like niceness or for it to work out. I mean, it, almost, it feels like the things that you do let people let something off the hook, like God being tough or something bad happening that doesn't sit well with you or people burning in hell forever because I would way rather think of something that didn't, that I w- you're uncomfortable with that. And so, and conspiracies and uh, uh, lots of these thinkings are, are ways to make, uh, for just to find, just kind of like grasping at straws for certainty of things that are uncertain or unpleasant. And so that's the trend I see in most of those things from my point of view of the, what you guys tend to gravitate toward. Will it solve something that feels icky? Okay, then I'm all in for that, evidence-based or not. But at the same time, though, Joey and I definitely follow evidence. So we may be looking at the exact same evidence as you, mm-hmm. but we're interpreting that evidence differently than you because of our worldview. I think you have a strong bias to take. Well, here's an example. All right, hold on, wait, guys. Guys, this is a great conversation. Let's take a break. Okay. <laughs> and then let's come back. I want to hear what Joey was getting ready to say. Joey, will you remember? <laughs> Dear God. Jared, lay hands on Joey. <laughs> we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. All right, now we're in the break. Although it's not really a break, it's actually a really important part of the show where we talk about our sponsors. really is important, and I thank you guys for supporting. Now, a ton of you already have and use Harry's razors. They've been incredible, both as a shaving thing, but also as a sponsor. They've been with us for a really long time. So if you haven't yet, you got to give them a chance. So when did shaving get so expensive anyway? I don't even remember, but all I know is a couple of years ago, I'm going to... Walmart or these big stores and having to get in these cages just to have somebody unlock it to give me tw- you know twenty and thirty dollar packs of of razors that don't even seem that great and run out and then have to get back and go to the store again uh, it's time consuming it costs too much so enter Harry's started by two guys who wanted a better product without paying an arm and leg to get it. And really, it's a fraction of the cost you would pay at the drugstores and places like that. Actually, it's about half the price of other big branded blades. Oh yeah, and they ship to you, right, for free, to your front doors. So it makes no sense if you shave at all and you're not a Harry's customer user. Why pay $32 for an 8-pack of blades when it's half the price at Harry's? I mean, they'll shave, if you're an average shaver, it'll save you $150 a year and come straight to your door. Experience a clean, close, comfortable shave with Harry's. Go to harrys.com right now, and Harry's will give you $5 off if you type in our coupon code BCPOD with your first purchase. That's harrys, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and enter coupon code BCPOD at checkout for $5 off. and Start shaving better today. Man, get me all ramped up talking about my razors. 
let me sl- let me calm down a second so I can tell you about credit karma without being too uh, you know agitated. You probably you got the New Year's resolutions going and uh, you need help with them. But here's the thing: I can't go to the gym for you. That one's on you. But here's what I can help you do. Help you take steps to get your finances in good shape. How about that? And that starts by checking your credit score. Most people don't even know their credit score. And who can blame them? Because there's a bunch of weird websites and all this stuff out there. It's confusing. Some of them come with hidden fees. It's dumb. But Credit Karma does it differently. They offer truly free credit reports with no strings attached at all. No credit no credit card required. And it's very, very easy. Just ask 50 million people like me who already use it. So visit creditkarma.com slash save right now and get your free report. You may not get to all your other resolutions, but you can feel more confident about your finances this year. Seriously. Get your free credit report by visiting creditkarma.com slash save right now. All right, and we're back. Joey, you were getting ready to lay it down. Pastor gonna, Joey stop. No, I was just going to say, here, here's an example of what Matt's talking about. Matt thinks it is just inconceivable that you and I could change our view on eternal conscious torment. Not inconceivable. So, or, or, or <laughs> just very conceivable and, re- and, and, and reasonable. It, he thinks it's so crazy that we could believe one Not thing so for crazy. so long where I, I've been telling Matt, I've struggled with the concept of hell and I will give him right. the, the fact that yes, I enjoy believing in annihilationism way more, but the reason why it was such a tumultuous uh, faith journey for me with hell is because I believed it was true. And that's why it bothered me so much. Right. I was just like, no, this shit is true. And this sucks. Right. There, there exists the pressure. There exists the pressure for your bias to gravitate toward an explanation that alleviates that. There, there you go. Yeah. But that's what I believe for three decades. Uh, Cause you didn't have a, enough evidence based thing. And as soon as you found something that was logically solid beyond what you you know, could come up with, then you you switch to it. I'm not saying it's wrong. A completely convincing. Yeah, I, I agree. That's all convincing stuff. But see, I came up came with my perspective way different than Joey's. Like, I never had the kind of existential problem that Joey had with hell. Like, I was always fine with it. I mean, I thought it was, you know, <laughs> not fine with it, but I mean, it didn't bother me the same level that, that it bothered Joey. So for me, this this switch had nothing to do with me wanting to be kinder or find a more gentler position. Sure. It really came through biblical evidence, and I realized that I was always looking at these same scriptures, just blind, almost blindly accepting what perish meant and destruction meant, but looking sure. at it through a different lens, it kind of clicked, and that plain sense reading to no, me made I, a lot more sense. I don't have sense. any knock against so. annihilationism, and I could never, never argue uh, in any convincing way with any kind of evidence against, what's his name? What's his name? Chris? Chris Date. Yeah. Date. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that he destroys. However, it's a little bit uh, set up that he, you have, you know, it's like a... It's like somebody, who, it's like an ultimate fighter who's, who's had all this tape on some other martial art and trained just to take it down while the other martial artists didn't know even that there was going to be an argument ever coming. So you've got all this just, oh yeah, we all accept tradition, all this and that. And maybe it's wrong, I don't know, but it, there, nobody's been really trying to build any strong argument get about it. M- meanwhile, Chris Day and some people have really gone through and gone to the extra mile to make sure to cover every base and know the opponent's scripture even more than they do and all this stuff. And so then when it comes to debate, all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, I mean, he's going to win every time. There may be, uh, you know, in the coming future, a better retort from the traditional community. And that's the way it should we're, be. We're, I'm blindsided personally. And then maybe he's right. I'm just saying 
you know, it's, it's, uh, you could do that with almost anything you could do with almost any, you know, well, if you're going to hold a position, you got to make sure it's defensible. So I think that even if Chris date is wrong, he's at least challenging the traditional. Sure, I like it. Better I'm, not, I'm not really, I don't really have any challenges for voices. I actually, I'm, I'm wide open to right. it. I just think that's a, it, I think it's, uh, it's a bit knee jerk to just have one guy have a crazy, super solid, well-built, uh, mechanical argument, which he does and has done really well, and then say, "Okay, let's switch immediately." Well, it's not—I mean, all. it's not one guy. There's a lot of really smart. Yeah, thinkers. I know. But I mean, in the tr- in the whole scope of time, there's like five minutes now where people have been working on this one vehemently. Yeah. All right, and in the long, in the so long let me, days, that's all. Let I'm me saying. drop a bomb on uh, Matt and Toby here. I think this one will will shock you guys. Jared and I talk a lot about this kind of stuff, but I haven't brought this up to you, Jared. What is uh, and get ready for a crazy reaction from these oh, guys. Sure. What, what is what is the percent chance that no one got shot at Sandy Hook Elementary School? I would say based on the evidence that I've seen, <laughs> 60%. Wow. <laughs> 60%. Did you ever see any dead bodies? I don't ever see dead bodies. They don't ever you show see people that, wheeling that out mean. people in stretchers that are dead? You didn't see any of that. There was never yeah. any crime scene photos released. Everyone was pronounced dead by police inside the school, which is against protocol. So, Matt, is this an example of how someone can be so smart and you can't believe they believe certain things? Uh, Precisely. (laughs) Well, like the immediate thing I think is why? Why would you do that? Right. Where's the motivations? And 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 how many people would have to be in on stuff like this? It just defies any reasonable explanation. All right. Well, get, get. It's a weird way to look at stuff, and it's it's basically entertaining to do at best it's it's good entertainment to explore what if back to the future was really about marty mcfly was the bad guy that's what this is see but that 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 explanation doesn't suffice for conspiracies if there is such thing as a conspiracy then it's not legitimate to say oh there's there's tons of conspiracies and they're either exposed or they're not but they're not they're not people sitting on couches and garages talking about them that are right and then everybody else in the media and the general public and everybody else and the law enforcement and the government wrong. That doesn't happen. This is where I think you and I had this discussion last May. What, do, what are we supposed to do with the anomalies? What are we supposed to do with the things that are not explained by anybody that are just glaring? Well, you, have, you, you can either trust some sources that are like you that are telling you things that you would like to hear that you gravitate toward, or you can trust your own, your own point of view about the anomalies and what Jared has observed, or you can trust the collective of all people being the whole news media, all of the scientific community and all of, of the, the everybody together because see, I think there's an inherent naivety with that though. I think what the thing you're missing about that is that any journalist, I mean, we, you know, leaks, whistleblowers, journalists, and scientists, their whole jobs, their whole goal of those people, I mean, whistleblowers isn't a type of person, obviously, but scientists and journalism and media, their whole goal is to get a scoop or a story or expose some truth or turn the tables on what is thought to be the case. You And people can't take secrets, unlimited secrets to their grave to this detail. It doesn't happen. It's not part of humanity. And the amount of people to have to be on it without a leak somewhere is Im- completely implausible. Yeah, but your ar- your argument... And it, and it's just suspicious-minded in a way that this is ridiculous. Yeah, but you're you're saying people can't take those secrets to the grave. That's... You can't even... You can't one prove... One person can't. You can't prove that. Because if they of could, people then can't. you would never know. 
right? Hundreds of groups of hundreds of people in on something. This don't. It's definitely compartmentalization there. I mean, you know, in a, in a military, you it's a need to know basis. Mm-hmm. So you can be in on a conspiracy without knowing it's a conspiracy because knowledge is compartmentalized. So it sure. wouldn't take hundreds or thousands of people at to know everything. Because it would only take maybe maybe a dozen or so at the very top who's the, orchestrating all everything. the knowledge that that Jared has access to. So do re, real journalists that are great at investigation. Okay. Period. There is no knowledge that you have that a high up guy that runs Vice magazine, for instance, doesn't have. He has all that information too. They're, they know more than you and I. They've got more experience than you and I. They're better at sorting out the truth than you and I. And they have nothing but capitalistic and human incentive to discover the real truth about Sandy Hook. And they just leave it alone. But what about the journalists who aren't leaving it alone? The ones who are putting up videos and they are researchers. They, they are part of various organizations, whether they're, they have medical credentials or journalistic credentials. Do we just dismiss them? Well, Matt kooks, would say they're cranks? illegitimate they're all, because they don't have a big enough they're, audience. They're, they're closer to the fringe. They're not, I mean, why wouldn't, well, why wouldn't, why wouldn't the larger, the more respected people do thing if they could and they would and they believed it was true and the evidence was good they would it would go it would go from there and then those low level people that i'm not discrediting whole whole hog at least people would take it from there and it would work its way up the chain to important people yeah i think with media i was actually listening to coward today and uh he was saying that people don't really make up stories some people do but it always usually ends bad. You end up going, well, that was made up. Everybody finds out that that was and made up. if you up. had a scoop, you would that, never leave it alone right. in and, a million and years. And no, there's really no win there People to make up a story. People go risk their life and go undercover for stories. They go to Afghanistan and risk their life. for. People do unbelievable things just for the possibility that they could crack something. Have you seen the TV show House of Cards? Yeah. Yes. Well, there's a conspiracy there that one guy tried to break, and he was basically put away. And all mm-hmm. of his friends right. bailed. So I do believe you could be a whistleblower with no support, and they can they can twist it and turn it to where you are the idiot, you're the the irrational person, mm-hmm, sure, and they can they can shut you up that way, or they can take you out, they can kill you, they can threaten your family. Yeah. So there are incentives yeah. not to say something. I'm not Jared. I'm not saying that there aren't conspiracies. For sure, they are. People are killed that have knowledge all the time, probably every day. There's people. There's conspiracies that mu- that certainly must exist in our government that nobody's ever known about. People have been killed that have information. Things have been covered up 100%. Tons of times they cover up stuff and then it gets exposed, like Watergate, for instance. Okay, either it gets covered up or it doesn't get covered up. What doesn't happen is 8% of people know about it and it just sits there. That's what doesn't happen. That's those, those things that sit there and fringe people believe them and have all the evidence and put it on YouTube and that doesn't crack the case open. That doesn't happen. You don't know that, though, because there's never been one in which it's unfolded to be the, to the well, they Thank you, Joey. That's exactly right. This never happened. Didn't they just recently say that uh, the Kennedy shooting, that, that the FBI knew more than they said? They just released some documents. I just was reading about it. I should look it up. But they did release some more documents. Um about the shooters and stuff like that, and they knew more than they said. But I you still said don't. shooters or shooter, maybe shooter. I forget what okay. it was. Because I, I the moment say, you say shooters, that's the moment you're buying into a conspiracy, which I wholeheartedly do in that case. Right. I think there's no doubt. Well, I was thinking shooters of the. It doesn't matter. There's tons of stuff covered up. You understand, but there's not knowledge that Jared and I have that the higher up people don't take and run with if it's legitimate. That's all I'm saying. You don't. We don't sit there and the people in tinfoil hats had it right all along. It's never happened. Well, guys, I think we're at a standstill. 
I don't know what to do. I don't know what to believe anymore <laughs> after that conversation. <laughs> well, okay. Let's uh let's enough of that. I apologize if I get heated on the matter or sound like a moron or argue too hard for you guys. Let's uh talk to Daniel Dopp. So let me see if we can get him on the line. Daniel is our, you know, good buddy, helped us start the podcast, works at ESPN, and he uh he does our vinyl at Bad Christian. He's the the master of that. Okay. It looks like I got him. Uh Daniel, can you hear me? How are you doing, man? I'm I'm good. How are you? That's your place there in Bristol. Uh, uh, yeah, we just actually moved to Manchester, so we it's a different place now. But getting all moved in, oh. getting there. How far is Manchester? Uh, Manchester's like probably twenty minutes from Bristol, twenty five minutes from Bristol. Was oh, it just better? Better? Is it just better? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a nicer place. Oh. It's it's less blue collar, and I mean, there's still plenty of blue collar here, but it's just it's on the, it's on it's a little bit nicer area, so. Daniel, we're glad to have you on the show. At the very first podcast that we made, I was talking to Daniel for probably, I don't know, weeks before it, talking about microphones and where you're going to plug them in, how to record on both ends. Because Daniel was up and he had just gotten his job at ESPN and had been doing podcasts up there. And so I was I talked to him for a long time before we ever even yeah. did our episode one, trying to figure out mics and all that kind of stuff. So. And then he got busy. He was helping us out at the beginning. And then he got busy on the bigger fish. Bigger yeah. I tried. I tried, guys. <laughs> and that was it. You uh, you went. You blew past us. Now, well, now, we kind of helped. <laughs> I mean, you put that on your resume, right? Back I did. Podcast. He was on, <laughs> I did. It is on there right now. You guys got a good producer, though. Yeah, yeah. Bunda does a good job. I do all the technical stuff, but Bunda's a great job for the overall producer of the show and everything. And everything yeah. that he does and. Yeah, we we do a Dobie does a great job of recording on his end, really. I mean, it's usually it usually works out good. Of course, as much content as we put out, there's plenty of errors and problems and stuff like that. But so you do all you work at ESPN. What are what are some of the shows that you work on? Uh, I produce the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast uh-huh. with Matthew Barry. Uh-huh. Um, I do the Football Today Podcast with Robert Flores. Uh, I also do our gambling. Po- I do all of our fantasy content. So anything fantasy that comes out of ESPN as far as podcasts, I do. Is you, yeah. I do all of our NFL content, so anything NFL-related comes from me. And then I also do our gambling stuff, and I just started a music podcast. So when we bring oh, that's right. yeah. music artists through, I'll be able to interview them and uh, try to have you guys on a couple weeks ago. but We didn't uh, have time on that job. Yeah, to do. I know you had Bazan yeah. up there and did that music podcast. Well, that makes podcast. me feel pretty privileged to be in your fantasy league, man. Like, you're creating yeah. all, like, gosh. And I'm a- beating your ass this week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there week. are a lot of six and five teams in our league, man, all trying to get a playoff spot. Well, yeah, I'll tell you what's interesting that might be helpful to people is uh, we have this running joke, and not just we, but almost everybody I know in music and engineering and production have this running joke about how the people that go to these recording schools like Full Sail and the Conservatory and the Art Institute and spend all this money, they never do anything. Right. They, it's like, a, like they, it's a place where people go spend their parents' money to goof off on, on something they think is a pipe dream, but you... Are you are, and I know actually plenty of exceptions of that. But um, two people that work for Bad Christian, you and Reva, who run, who's who's our music manager, both came out of Full Sail, yeah, and have done really well. There's a sound guy named Mo, uh, who's a tremendous sound guy, and uh, Ed Rose, I think, came out of Full Sail, yeah. So, what do you think is the difference in those people, like you guys that come out of there and are really successful? You know, is that your perception to confirm what I'm saying about so many people are just there wasting their time and wasting money? I think so. I mean, it's, I have a really big, and I don't want Full Sail to hear this and get frustrated with me. I have a really big love-hate relationship with Full Sail sure. because it's so expensive. 
I mean, it really puts you in the hole financially. And afterwards, even when you get a good job, it's really hard to get your way out. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I think it did really well was set me up. Uh, there are a lot of industry contacts that Full mm-hmm. Sail has that you just can't get yeah. unless you have that institution. And so sure. my gig with ESPN, I got through them. You know, I'd come out of the military. Yeah. Um, and, and so when I, by the time that I got done, you know, I wasn't like an 18-year-old kid going to school. Sure. I wanted a, I needed a career. And so being able to have those contacts and everything that I had done, uh, Full Sail was just a really great avenue for me to be able to take that and and be able to use their contacts to my advantage. Yeah. Well, what do you, I mean, that's, I mean, the difference has to be something to do with driver determination, your military guy, successful guy, other stuff. What do you see as a difference in the people? Can you tell when you're in school there, the people that are, are, are spinning their wheels and the people that are going to do something? Is it obvious? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and what is the difference in, in that? Listen, the whole point of college, and I feel like especially a full sale, there's a lot of busy work, a lot of like, we're just going to have you do this stuff uh, you know, anybody can get a degree from there. Anybody can get a degree from any college, I feel like, nowadays. Yeah. The difference is I want to work hard and I saw other people saying there are contacts that this school has that I need them for and I need them to put their name on the line for me mm-hmm. when I get done. Because if I come to you guys and I say, hey, you know, I, I've, I've worked with you guys, but I'm kind of like, I'm kind of lazy, but would you mind telling this other band that like, I should really be able to work with them? Like, you're not going to want to do that. Right. And so you can tell the people at Full Sail that take those classes and those, you know, a lot of the homework and stuff that just seems like, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. But when you blow it out of the park, now all of a sudden everyone's like, all right, this guy's interested or this girl's, you know, really cares about this. Yeah. I think that's, that is obviously the big difference. And the the truth is it's uh it's there's also something about making your own opportunity like you like for instance you do stuff for us you do our vinyl and Reva does our music management well both of you contacted us and then didn't really get let up either like I told yeah. Reva I don't know if I have anything for her she goes okay yeah I'm gonna do this then okay I'll do this okay and she took it more seriously than I took her role as an intern and now she has a, a really good a cool a cool job working for us and she was calling me boss. When I was like, that, don't say that. You're just going to help me out with some little thing I'm doing on the side. And then, and you likewise, uh, you had Matt and Toby in a living room show. And then you've been trying to help us with our vinyl. And you still, as of right now, you you manage all of our vinyl things that come all in and out from the King's Kaleidoscope project to the vocal few. Yep. Everything that go, is vinyl. I, if, if I ever see anything that says vinyl, I say, I don't know. Ask Daniel. Send it to him. Don't ask me. I don't know anything. Yeah. About, I don't know what a gatefold <laughs> is to tell you. So I keep seeing that on the invoices. I don't even know what it is. Speaking of vinyl, uh, I, what's the deal with the vinyl being so big now? And there's only it's limited by the amount of pressing plants. And are there going to be more? Is it so big now that they were going to fire up more? And people are going to invent new vinyl. There's going to be new factories here. What's going to happen in the future? There are certain pressing plants that are investing more money into pressing plants. Uh, you know, to more equipment to be able to use. Um, I think that it's coming back in a way because this generation it got to a point where. Digital is so convenient and it's great. Like it's, you can put it on your phone, you can take it in your car, you can do all that. But you guys as a band, you care about the music that you create and the artwork that you come up with and all the lyrics that you have and making sure that all, you know, people understand all that. And that's not represented well in a digital format. I mean, when I can pull out our, your gatefold record and open it up and see all the pictures that you guys have in there, you chose those pictures for a reason. Yeah. You know, I can see all of the correct lyrics no offense to any website that lists <laughs> you guys' lyrics but i can see all the stuff that you guys have in there and all your thank yous and and you can hold it and feel like i supported this band there's a memory with that i pick up a record from you guys at a show you know and i stand 
at that merch table and I have you guys sign it. That's true. And now I have this memory of, yeah. I got this record and I love it. I love the, you guys and everything that came with it. And you can't do that with digital. So I hope that vinyl's here to stay and it's not just a gimmick. Um, but a lot of people are doing you know, it my, nowadays. My brother, that's all he's asking for for Christmas. Your vinyls? Yeah. Yeah, yeah or, it's or really interesting. I think Christmas. you're right. Though. Uh, it, it's the tactile aspect of it. And it's the only, it's a, that is a unique way of listening to music. You know what I mean? Like that, that way, the clicks, the pops, all anything like yep. that stuff is really awesome. Warm. It's an, it really is an experience. So that's why I actually like vinyl a lot. Apparently and, it's the best sound quality. Do what? It's, Apparently it's unique it's the, sound quality. Is it, is it a blip? Do y'all think, or do y'all think it's a blip or it's a trend or is it, is it going to continue for, well, the, the thing that would be interesting is what would replace it because now everything right. is digital. That's a good point. There isn't anything else. I mean, that they'll get better sound quality maybe or whatever for your for our ears, but That's a good I point. don't think there's anything, there's nothing tactile that could replace it. I might be wrong, but I, I know certain, certain people, uh, wasn't it? Uh, Neil Young? Yeah. Neil Young. Uh, he was trying to come up with some kind of MP3 player that played at a higher uh, quality for your ears. and I guess it wasn't MP3, whatever it was higher quality for your ears and stuff like that, but it's, I don't think it's working or, or having everybody's like, ah, okay. In the sense of a record, it is about sound quality too. It is about the, the photos and the lyrics and the open it up and being careful with it. You actually have to take care of it. And that means you care more yeah. to listen to it or use it or save it or whatever it might be. So I think, I actually think it's probably here to say because some people are even going back to tapes. Yeah. yeah. There's bands that are putting out tapes again. Well, I think it's a backlash, like the the true music fans. It's a backlash to all of the Spotify and Pandora and stuff. It's like, no, I want to commit to this album. And if I have to put the needle down, listen, get up. and But you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. it's just like, a, I'm going to devote myself to, to this. Hey, Daniel, if you have to get rid of, if you can never, you have to make a choice. Yep. Either get rid of all sports watching like you can never watch another <laughs> sports event ever again, or you can't listen to music ever again. Which one do you get rid of? I would get rid of sports. It's Whoa. not even close. No, not even wow. close. No. You're going to get fired from ESPN now then. Well, here's the deal. Listen, I don't know when this episode is going to come out, but my Detroit Lions just suffered a heartbreaking defeat. This is here probably yeah. significantly yeah. later, but yeah. we're sorry about that. But yeah, we're not and, really that sorry. People <laughs> will still remember what that is, though, because that's a pretty monumental game that happened. I don't know how many weeks in advance. Yeah, people we are remember that. Yeah, that that's probably still hurt right now. Huh? Yeah. Uh, but no, there's something about music. I mean, sports you always remember, but music is one of those things that you take with you on the day to day. I mean, you have memories. It's not, you, you can't take like a, a sporting event with you on a road trip. You know what I mean? It doesn't have the same imprint on your life uh-huh. in the day-to-day the way that like a, a championship, let's say the Packers win a championship, but you guys will always remember that. But it doesn't, it doesn't go with you sure. every day the way that you music does. You can re-experience does. an album on, when you want to and apply. It's different every time you have memories attached to certain times. But yeah, that's true. You can recall it. Yep. Kind of more so in that way. Joey, yeah. you started another podcast. You call it Pastor With No Answers. How in the hell did you not start a podcast that's just called the What If Podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather podcast? How did you not? You just, I don't understand you just ask that. a question. Pastor you pause, with all the questions. And you and say, then, what if or would you rather? All right, Daniel. That's it. <laughs> Daniel, you can, you, can be, you can be very honest with me. I'm, I'm, I'm a big boy. Was that a boring question or did you like it? I uh, know it wasn't a boring question. It, it was a <laughs> listen I'm trying to I'm trying to find the silver lining here it wasn't boring in the fact that it was an open-ended question which is good because mm-hmm. that's part of the uh, interviewing technique that you need to follow uh, 
and I don't know if Bunda talked to you about that, but it wasn't like a yes or no answer. You you made me go into what I wanted, which was good for you as a podcast host. <laughs> but, it, but it's the most surface, uh, immature way you could ask a, a question that was actually really good. That's I have no problem with it. No problem. That's I, fair. Mean, I, I That's actually fair. like the, the question is actually really good as far as what the answer he was going to give. But the way you got into it is what you would do to at, at, at junior high sleepover. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, before we, we let you go, Toby made a, a keen observation the other day, and I want to hear what you think about it. Do you think that Detroit has arguably had the best running back of all time and potentially the best wide receiver of all time, and they can't even get deep into the playoffs? And I don't mean that in a, in a harsh And that's Barry no. Sanders and Megatron. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think Barry Sanders is definitely the greatest running back of Agreed. all time. He has to be. He has to be. Um, and when, especially when you look at taking nothing away from any of the other guys like Walter Payton or Gail Sayers or Emmett Smith or any of that, but he did it with so much less talent Absolutely. around him on the offensive line that it, it's when you see what he did, it's phenomenal. Absolutely. Uh, and the yards that he picked up in such a smaller amount of time. I mean, it took Emmett Smith way longer to, I mean, he. He would have shattered Emmett Smith's record if he kept going. I mean, just absolutely. Shattered. Or if he had that team, goodness gracious, in right. the same exact era too. Right. So yep. whatever. I th- I'm worried about Calvin Johnson that the Lions have done the exact same thing that they did with Barry Sanders. In essence, waste a completely dominant Make career. Him not like football anymore. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this sucks so much. I don't even want to play the sport. Like I'm just done. All right, Daniel. Thanks for joining us, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Good, good meeting right. you face to face. Yep. Later, guys. All right, Matt. Kick the music. Let's 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 move on here. I want I want to do something uh, pretty exciting. You got it. In a world where your two friends, <laughs> Mama Jean and Barbara Svensson, are sitting beside you, and they believe. The aliens killed Kennedy. My name is Toby Morrell. This is the <laughs> damn news. I would like to get a list of all the things that you believe. Like, clearly, Nephilim are aliens. Nobody was killed at Sandy Hook. 9-11 yeah, I'm, I'm, was George yeah. George Bush put the dynamite in there. What else? Well, I'd say the one that I'm almost 100% convinced of is JFK. And then I'd say not. What about JFK? Aliens got him? or he? No, what? JFK I mean, was definitely a higher up operation it wasn't just one madman that said oh i'll kill the president like there whether it was the government interacting with the mafia or a a sect of crooked government uh interacted with the mafia it definitely was an organized job that uh was covered up big time Mm -hmm. so there's almost no doubt in my mind a moon landing i i don't i don't know anything about that i'm like i would say for me the ones i feel that i'm sure of JFK, 9-11, I'm pretty close. But you, but all you're saying, you just say JFK. It's not like you think you know what happened. You're just saying, oh, something. Well, I've seen, I've read some, or I've seen some very convincing arguments where I mean, there's 30, there's 30 different principle. There's 30 stories about what happened to JFK. One of them is the government and somehow the other 29 are all totally different, yet they feel like they're on a team. That's a little weird. Well, at the very least, the official story is not right. Okay. So I do believe it was a government cover up. I do believe it was government in conjunction with mafia. Uh, for your listeners out there, definitely check out the YouTube video, um, A Rich Man's Game. Uh, it's like two hours long. It gives you a really good historical context for how the government uh, became bedfellows with the mafia and what their incentives were for this hit. Um, it's pretty compelling stuff. Uh, definitely check that out. Sorry, Toby. I didn't mean to hijack there. Yeah, this is boring as shit. Let's keep moving. <laughs> 
<laughs> Here is a conspiracy right out the gate for Beautiful. you guys. Do it. Bring it. Barbara Mame. Mom accused of shaving daughter's head and convincing her she has cancer to raise money. Good. Oh, this comes from the Huffington Post. Good idea. That's a, Now, that is a conspiracy. Indeed. Yeah. Juanita uh, Garcia, 46. Oh, and this is from a roving reporter. Um, let's see. Luis. This is a hard one. Echeveria? Echeveria? I'm not really sure. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say that one, but Luis. Juanita Garcia, 46, faces felony charges after authorities in Haldago County say she shaved her daughter's head and convinced the, her daughter that she had cancer so they could raise money. Witnesses reported that Garcia would approach them asking for monetary uh, donations to pay for her daughter's treatments, police said, capping a near two-month investigation uh, with the Garcia's arrest. I can't almost think of anything worse but Matt, we've had this conversation before, and I, and I thought it was really you really can it that is so terrible and traumatic, and you can in retrospect or just in respect to our conversation, I guess you can convince a kid of anything like you could completely convince a kid that wrong math like three plus three is seven, no matter what you could i mean oh, yeah. you can convince them of anything, and that's just using them, but I mean they are that susceptible to just bad bad parenting like you can be completely yeah. in a different reality because of parents. That is just crazy to me. Oh, yeah. yeah. This one's yeah, easy. I mean, I mean, he could easily do it. This story doesn't surprise me at all. Right. It surprises me that somebody would actually do this, but it doesn't surprise me the kid bought into it. I mean, your, your doctor and your wife could do that to you now. Right. If they were just two people in on a conspiracy as, as such, you would actually believe it. Like, certainly you would find things that you thought, you know what? I guess that's the cancer. Yeah. And, you, and the doctor tells me it won't right. really get bad for another... Year, oh, totally. And you would just, you just, I mean, you'd believe it 100% if your doctor and wife told yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. How about all of us would have believed this? We saw this little girl with a shaved head we, and her mom was going, she has cancer and the little girl was just looking kind of sad. You would go, mm-hmm. oh yeah, she does. I mean, we would believe it's the simplest thing in the world. You can use a kid yeah. that easily. If the kid buys into it, then you can just use them for anything. Like your parents mm-hmm. had you convinced that you had value for a couple I of know, years. I know. It was so crazy. No, actually, <laughs> I promise you, man, I think sometimes your mom's the same way. My mom believes things sometimes that aren't true. <laughs> so she swears that when I was a little kid, I was left-handed. And when they took me to yeah. daycare, a window hit my left hand, and then I, now I'm right. right-handed. And she swears right. that. She swears that I, for sure, yeah. because I hit my hand, I didn't use it. for. They didn't take me to the doctor. They didn't, you know, there's no, nothing. Oh, it was just hurt. You just kind of didn't use it for a little while. You started using your right hand, and that's why you, you're right-handed. Do you, know what ba- do you know what bank it was? What? What are you talking about? I'm not asking. Do you remember what, what, what you said? No, no, it was at a daycare. It? It, was at, at a daycare. Yeah. it was at Buckaroo Daycare. Yeah. I don't think it exists anymore. But uh, Yeah, well, see, I, I actually read some stuff about how they were tied in with the mafia, <laughs> that daycare. And there was, and, I'm, and I've heard well, this really widespread, and it's, uh, it's actually a big, big problem. And if you look at it, you can't, if you go to all the daycare, they have footage of everything except the, win, the windows that they shut. There's no cameras on it. Wow. <laughs> so why is that? Know. Yeah, no. there's no pictures of my hand from that day. No, no. <laughs> Why not? I know they right. were taking them. But I don't and see. I don't blame your mom because they're a superpowerful corp. Obviously, obviously you know. all the pictures were confiscated. All I the know. footage. Yeah. I think I, I'm with you. I think there are. I, I think everybody's saying the same thing. There are conspiracies. There are evil people doing things. But I don't think the ones that we hear about. I think are the ones that probably are just to throw you off, or it doesn't matter. It's not real. Like I think the real conspiracies are probably just really terrible. But well, I think the tough thing is, is you guys are so anti-conspiracies. I don't think that y'all have. It's just looked, too hard, especially in this day looked, and age. Y'all haven't looked into them. I enough. mean, the the biggest story you could break ever for anybody would be that it was Flat a hoax. Earth. 
No, no, that the, the, the Sandy Hook was a, a, a hoax. Like any reporter in the world would want to try there's, to break their story. There's I mean, that, no reason to do I mean, that. That would, that would no, make your career. You'd be rich forever. It'd be the biggest thing you could ever break. If you could break JFK, if you could do anything like that. You'd be dead. Like Don't you understand that? You'd be shot, killed. Your family would be killed. They're not going to let that kind of, if it, if it was a conspiracy. And again, I'm not a, 100% convinced. Right. If it was, you try to go forward with that information, you would be killed. You would implicate yeah, so many people at the, hop, the, top, the higher levels of government. There's no way they're going to risk that. You will be taken out. I think there's people that would be naive enough to think that they could break it and it not yeah. be. Well, I mean, in, sure in, they would in die. fact, with JFK, there were a lot of people killed that were speaking out. Sure, sure. So, I mean, there's got to be something fishy going on. All right. Um, I don't, I was wondering, okay, so I haven't, I don't think I've drank alcohol in a month now and it's going really good. I don't know if I even, I'm trying to think if I'm just going to not drink what alcohol until my birthday. What are you consuming besides alcohol that's making you maintain most of your weight? No, I've lost. I uh, actually lost a lot of weight. <laughs> I lost a lot of weight. Looks like you found it. Um, <laughs> but I'm wondering, uh, and I've heard of this before. Uh, calorie wise, would this negate the calories? And Jared, I'm going to ask you this question. And this comes from roving reporter Chris Robinson. I, I guess this is a true story. Butt chugging cough syrup, a dis- <laughs> <laughs> a disturbing new trend among teens from the Racket Report. Um, it says that uh, a butt chugger oh. is one who consumes alcohol through his or her anus. The vessel for this alcohol enema can be a funnel or a soaked tampon. Sound disgusting? There's a point to it. Alcohol is absorbed into your bloodstream faster through your rectum than through your mouth. Rectum damn near killed him. <laughs> also, you don't get the smell of alcohol on your breath, but teens who want to experience a different type of high are taking this uh, to a whole new level. It turns out that... Dexa or DXM, dextromethorphan, mm-hmm. a cough suppressant uh, commonly found in over-the-counter cold medicines like Robitussin and Dimatap produces an almost hallucinogenic high when chugged in large doses. It can also lead to motor control, dizziness, seizures, hallucinations, among other serious problems. And then there's actually a picture of somebody getting it in their butt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show the camera. There's actually a picture of their butt yeah. and them getting it. So my question is, one... Uh, I think that would, doesn't it still show up? Like if you were driving, it would still show up in a breathalyzer or something. I would think so. It's in your bloodstream. Right. It's in your bloodstream, but it doesn't get it out of your, out of your, does that actually, would that also send the calories to you as well? I would think so. Like you would still get the calories because you are drunk. You're getting that drunk, but I mean, is it, your body's absorbing it and it's still going into. No, you're not getting the same amount of calories. No, because first of all, it's going to fall out of your butt mostly. Whereas instead of going to your stomach, but you're getting drunk. Like if you did it, well, the alcohol absorbs, but I mean, you're not consuming all the calories, whatever comes back out, you're not consuming, you're getting some calories, but you're not getting all. If you did it enough to get drunk, would it end up being the same? If you got the same level drunk as drinking as in your butt, would you have the same amount of calories? Well, the alcohol is the part and the chemicals that come out, but the sugar and stuff may not be metabolized or absorbed as well. It might not be absorbed. So it'd be the same if you did a vodka tampon, let's say. Right. If you did a vodka tampon and then you would just be getting the you, all of the alcohol that you get would actually be converted to sugar and be some form of calories. Yes. Okay, so it would turn to sugar and that's what your body would absorb and then you would get drunk from that too. It would absorb the alcohol which would later be converted to sugar. Right. So it's not really that much healthier. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean it's this, it's no different than doing shots is what I'm saying. Right. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. It's just a straight in there. Now, how long does it yeah. take to absorb, you think, through your butthole? It's pretty quickly. 
So that's what that's what this is saying. You get yeah. you get drunk quicker. Maybe so, yeah. Than from your mouth. Mm-hmm. It hits your bloodstream faster through your rectum. Supposedly. Weird. But, you know, I will say one thing here that, that you know, I'm not certain that this is actually a, a th- I'm not saying it's never been done, but I'm not sure that this isn't kind of a, yeah. you know, not real. Are you almost asleep? <laughs> You're, it's terrible. I don't know what's going on with you. For the record of efficiency, though, there would be no real advantage in doing the vodka tampon or the butt chug. It would be less efficient than drinking shots, at least. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it seems like you have some real issues if you want to take alcohol through your Well, butt. think about this, though. I don't think it's a good idea. Your, par- your parents wouldn't smell alcohol, though, would they? Yeah, you would still smell on your breath, yes. When they did their the laundry, they would. They, they wouldn't smell on your breath. <laughs> alcohol wouldn't come all the way to your breath. It would. It would come. The, the alcohol in your breath isn't because it's sitting in your mouth. It's because it's in your bloodstream and then comes out of your breath. Yeah, but you wouldn't. I don't think you would smell alcohol. It might show up in a breathalyzer or something. I don't think it would. You would. That's yeah, unbelievable. The, it's like a reverse fart. Yeah, but the. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it is. No, it's not that. It's just you're. you're it, you can smell alcohol on people coming out of their pores and everything. It's in your bloodstream, and then you would be in your breath. It comes from your it comes from your lungs, not your mouth. The coolest party trick in the whole world would be crushing and pouring a twelve ounce Bud Light in your anus, standing up and belching, <laughs> and lighting it, <laughs> lighting it. That's the greatest. I got to do that. I'll be a hit at parties. But I'm saying your you, the alcohol in your breath comes from your lungs, not the air passing through your mouth. Or your esophagus or your stomach. That's not where your breath comes from. I don't think you would smell. I don't think you would smell alcohol. I just don't. You would. It comes from the air. It comes from the blood and the transmission into your lungs and then coming out in the mist in your breath. That is where the, the smell comes from. Yeah, but don't don't forget that one of the biggest benefits is that someone can go into the restroom, dip the tampon into hard liquor, shove it up their butt, and that they're basically drinking it on the way to class, and they can keep drinking it in class. Or do a fun. shot. <laughs> Yeah, when you oh, when you, you squeeze when you do your kegels, you get drunk. <laughs> right, exactly. you, you lose a lot of it. You lose a lot of it from being in the tampon and then drips out that you don't absorb. You Whereas if you do a shot, which is just as easy, yeah, exactly. you get the whole thing. So there's no real reason to do this, which is why I don't think it's really. Yeah, it true. seems like it'd be a waste of alcohol. But I think kids would try it just to be goofball. And I, yeah, I'm not saying people right, try yeah, it. I think it's a novelty, and somebody does it one time. Also. It seems like it could potentially burn down there. If you had, you know, you ate too much like hot dogs and chili and all that stuff, mm-hmm. the alcohol would burn your butthole. Find it. Find the most reputable. What news source was this from? It wasn't a news one. It wasn't a good one. Okay. What do you want me to look up? Is a uh, tampon? No, you don't have to do it now. I'm just saying it'd be interesting if you could find such a story without a sexy picture attached to it and a click fear-based headline about the kids from a reputable news source. That's all I'm asking. I'm not saying that's not possible. You thought that picture was sexy? I didn't see it. I'm just guessing. Okay, here's vodka tampons on Snopes. And Snopes is it says it's false. Yeah, told you. It says it's false. Snopes is the most popular site to, to find out if right. stuff's urban legend or true or, or or not, whatever. So sorry, debunked. But that was for the vagina, though. It says even if putting liquor in, yep. into direct contact with the mucous membranes of the vagina or rectum worked to speed alcohol into the bloodstream, the practice might come at a cost. Such membranes are sensitive. And the potential burning discomfort, which is yeah, what I said, sure hurt. of flooding those areas with, uh, you know, like Jim Beam, finest could prove uh, memorable and not nearly adequately compensate and not nearly a- adequately compensate for having advanced ones inebriation. So it, even if it might even do a little something, but I, I think you're right. It wouldn't get you that drunk. Yeah. It's not real other than somebody tried it for a gag at a frat party. Right. Joey, what have you put up your butt? Uh, my finger many times. Wow. I still do that daily you, today. You soak it in alcohol. 
and then huh? you shove it up your butt. <laughs> no, nacho cheese. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.